0: Welcome to today on Broadway for Monday, July seventeenth, twenty twenty three. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast. Grace Aki,
1: and I'm Arts and Culture writer, Ashley Steves.
0: Um, Ashley, as you as everyone uh, knows, we're conducting some uh, polling, some questionnaires, some surveys at the end. Uh, <laughs> sure. To you by Matt, we've also got. Um, so, if you're listening, um, that is what is at the top of this show. Um, and now we're going to start getting into notes. the yeah. news of it all.
1: If you want to do the survey, it will be available in the show notes on, in both the Patreon and the regular feed. So, you can check that out.
0: There you go. So, as, I mean, uh, my partner and I have been talking about this extensively over the weekend. Ooh, um, the there's a lot going on. <laughs> uh, um,
1: we're on officially, what, day three or four of the strike going into Monday? Exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: because, as many of you probably know, on Friday, in a series of tweets, um, Actors Equity president Kate Schindel released a statement for stage actors specifically. Because, as we know, like SAG-AFTRA, film and TV, sure, um, the Writers Guild strike is still going on um, for them as well. But how does this affect yeah. us within the theater you some community? Crossover right. Crossover.
1: Exactly. Stage actors doing TV series, films, whatever.
0: So this is Kate Schindel's statement. I cannot overstate how critical it is for members and future members of to proactively and aggressively avoid breaking the SAG after a strike. If you are offered work of any kind for the AMPTP employers, don't take any third party work at word for it uh, for that. It's okay or it's not covered by the strike, call SAG-AFTRA, ask whether performing the work in question will undermine the strike. They are more than willing to help you. This is Grace talking. (laughs) They're more than willing to help you um, navigate that. Back to Kate Schindel's statement. If you don't know whether you're being asked to do Struck work, that's understandable. It's a complex issue, but it's on each of us to make sure we're not betraying others' works. Even if our faces won't be on camera, performing Struck work creates a race to the bottom. So work being withheld Mm -hmm. uh, by SAG-AFTRA members includes auditioning for AMPTP projects, Being on set, post production promotion, promotion keyword. That's Mm -hmm. social media stuff. Um, Again, like SAG can help you. And a lot of content creators have been chiming in on this. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's hard to navigate who's correct um, and who is not. So at the end of the day, like doing the homework yourself, connecting to SAG is the best (laughs) way to go.
1: Yeah. Was about to say they're going to be able to help you no matter what. So when in doubt, contact sag but yeah there's a lot of as you said misinformation going around um and we'll finish the statement in a second but a lot of information going around across the board as far as what people should or shouldn't be doing how they should be interacting with content still um so it is obviously great to have this really spelled out in the way that kate has done here
0: Exactly. So she goes on to say work being withheld by SAG after members includes auditioning, et cetera, et cetera. Every strike is important, but this one is existential. This is a generational battle for a fair and functioning entertainment industry, and our opponents have nearly unlimited resources, but we have the workers. We can do it. Um, again, Absolutely. I think it's been 63 years since. Uh, both, both SAG and the Writers Guild have um, done a strike together. Mm. Um, and the last time that happened, according to um, Adam Conover, Adam Ruins Everything, um, my resource for this um, is that they were able to get like health benefits. Oh, yeah. And they got residuals. Yeah. So it is really important to, to make sure that we're keeping up to date and we will obviously be Absolutely. keeping up to date as well.
1: Yeah. And the last time SAG has struck since 1980, I think it was in general. So, I mean, yeah. this is obviously a very, very big turning point, um, in the entertainment industry and how, uh, um, everything financially from healthcare to wages to residuals is going to be dealt with for decades to AI, decades, I mean, so to AI of, of course, <laughs> for decades. So very important. Of course, don't cross the picket lines. The biggest thing, and you know, I've got a lot of people that are, um, within the union, also strike captains currently out striking right now but the biggest thing that they're saying because i know there's a lot of confusion in regards to well should we be watching things no the none of the unions have called for a content stop like a watching stop Correct. yet so don't feel mm-hmm. like yeah, it's going hurt. to it's going to hurt Yeah, it's going to hurt people. It's going to hurt writers and actors more if you stop watching things like Netflix and Hulu and movies coming out. So keep doing that. Keep getting money in people's pockets because they're not going to have it for a bit.
0: Um there's also a lot of TikTok content coming out of Kimiko Glenn who you may know mm. and love from Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Um and Waitress on Broadway, Spring Awakening national yes, tour is where I first fell in love with her. Um but she has been talking a lot about like the misinformation of like what residuals happen for people. Like she shared this like $27 check that she got from like hundreds of um streams mm-hmm. of, of her show mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think that there's a lot of like miscommunication of completely <laughs> When they get it, um, I've, I've seen firsthand um, Netflix uh, checks and whatnot that uh, you would be really surprised to know, like the delineations of all those things. Um, oh, so yeah. it's really important that um, everybody stays up to date and there's lots of content creators, especially that are talking about it. So yes, on that note, let's, let's move back to Off Broadway. Um, we, it's still unfortunate news. Um, off Broadway's public theater has laid off 19% of its staff. Citing rising costs and failing revenue. So this is official. Mm-hmm. Like, the public theater um, is one of the latest nonprofit theaters in this country to announce some layoffs. This off-Broadway, uh, honestly, like it's, it's an institution for New York City. Of course. They've now laid off a, a percentage of their staff. It's approximately 50 employees, which is a that's a lot of people. It's A lot of people. Um, yeah. And um, Oscar Eustace cites uh, the fact that the cost increases of 30 to 40 percent combined with an audience reduction of about 30 percent is attributing to these layoffs. The news comes from The New York Times. Oscar Eustace announced um, upcoming plans to cut costs um, while the public doesn't intend to close any of its programs. However, we do know that they have put on hold the Under the Radar Festival specifically yeah, uh, and we'll probably some that. more programming um, public theater. Shakespeare
1: in the Park while they do yeah. renovations. Yeah.
0: Uh, the public theater goers should expect a reduction of overall programming. We've we, you know, we've we've touched base on a lot of these um issues uh throughout the season, but this is kind of like an official, yeah, like there's there's an obvious audience reduction here, which is contributing to it. Um, we're thinking like with five full productions in the upcoming season compared to the eleven in the past like yeah. pre-pandemic times.
1: Pre pandemic, yeah.
0: It's 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 a huge, huge loss for um their, their programming and, and writers and performers and, and subscription holders. So this is the latest round of layoffs from the public. They've struggled since the pandemic shut down um oscar Eustace didn't reveal the amount but he also said that he would be taking a significant reduction in salary
1: Um, yeah he's taken a lot of hit over the past few years in terms of well we're doing all of these budget cuts and funding cuts and yet your salary is still so large
0: it's it's so challenging because of course yeah if the public theater which is very much known as a quote like Surefire bet, like it's it's always a sure thing. Yep. Um, in terms of programming, nothing is right. We are in a time where yeah, quote sure sure unquote. Yeah, like the uh, the off Broadway community especially, um, su- like survives on people multi buyer tickets, right? So right. if we're not seeing those same people come out, I know that we've done a lot of like um data analysis on how and why the the pandemic. I mean, there's obvious reasons health. Um, but also like those same subscribers are still not coming out. They are not <gasps> right. comfortable coming back to the theater. And that's just and for a that, variety
1: of reasons, as yeah, you said. It,
0: it can't be solved. So how, how can we, is it just price point? you know what I mean? Is it is it just price point is to get younger point, theatergoers?
1: Yeah. Accessibility. Is it, you know, detailing out programs that actually put the health and the safety of the consumer slash audience in mind? It's a lot of things. And as you said, there is no clear cut answer to this. This is the latest uh, round of layoffs that they had. I think the most recent one that they had was in 2021. So this is ongoing. This is constantly happening, unfortunately, with the public in the past few years. As they've been struggling to overcome everything, all the effects of the pandemic, um, including, as you mentioned, cutting it down from 11 full productions to five, um, putting the Under the Radar Festival on an extended hiatus for Shakespeare in the Park. They're not going to do that at the, the Delacorte because they're doing renovations, um, though they do plan to still hold Shakespeare programming in the summer and next year at other city venues. Um but I mean, we've been talking about cuts across the country for a-, a while, obviously, but especially in the past few weeks with BAM and LA Center Theater Group and Taper Form as well closing. Uh, it's just a really difficult time. And at this point, obviously the shutdown was two years, more, th- more than two years ago, three years, but you know, ending uh, two years ago. Uh, and we're still, trying to get through this and it's going to be a really long time before hopefully uh, many many places that are still open hopefully we still have many many places that are still open can overcome this and not have to shudder like unfortunately so many have had to already
0: yeah and and there i don't think that there's any one solution i think that everyone thinks that they no, know the exact no fix. no no god <laughs> I no
1: don't. i i well, yeah it, it would have been done by now because these aren't stupid people, in most cases, running these organizations. Like, it's a matter of overcoming something that nobody has had to do before, in a way where people aren't spending money, because there's already um, economic turmoil in the country to begin with. And there's safety concerns, and there's everything else. And it's... It's trying to essentially, as we're all doing, overcome all of these individual catastrophes at once into this big mess, uh, financially and ethically and logistically. And nobody knows how to do it yet. And anyone that tells you they know how to fix this yet is lying.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Cause I, I, and this is not a plug, but like, it was super sure. important to me to do this first Joe's pub show at like a price point Ooh. that I felt like people yeah. could actually, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's of course yeah, you drink minimum, all those things that are so important. Like, yes, we have to like, <laughs> those are things that help keep the venues and the waiters and everybody like employed. Um, so I don't, it's, I'm not railing against that, but like having a $20 ticket, I'm like, at least like that is something that I hope that people can like latch on to. But it's really hard. Not mm-hmm. everybody can do that. So um, yeah, I'm curious to see hard. what all the the creativity and the fixes that are going to happen in the next couple of years to revitalize Balance. these things. And I just don't want them to make any of these programs go extinct. So we'll we'll keep you up to date on and anything and everything that people are doing to the, keep um, audiences
1: uh, going. The biggest balancing act. Truly.
0: So for the show schedule running into the rest of uh, this month, we or this week, rather, we've got Tuesday, July 18th, opening at 59 East 59th Street Theater A is Prejudice and Pride. I've heard a lot about this one. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see it. Um, Thursday, July 20th, Flex at Lincoln Center Theater. Had a lot of friends go see this. Women's basketball. I can't oh, wait to yeah. see it. Um, yeah. It's going to be, gonna be really cool. A. And then Thursday, we've got an opening night for the Broadway Theater. Here lies Love. Is oh, here we go. Movie.
1: Complete with yeah. band. Yes. Um,
0: I'll be seeing that today, so I'm really excited to have some mm-hmm. thoughts here. Wednesday for me. Sunday,
1: Sunday for you today. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, next Sunday, uh, July 23rd, we've got a lot of closings going on. Peter Pan Goes Wrong will close at the Barrymore Theater to get ready for Imago Pop, and then um, after that, Harmony the Musical. So, Barrymore mm-hmm. is not getting yeah. a break. Busy, um, busy. But – I'm sure that they're sad to see Peter Pan goes wrong. Leave there. Uh, closing sure. Life of Pi at the Schoenfeld Theater. Closing Camelot Vivian Beaumont Theater. Again, like a lot of people are been running to the theaters to try to see these shows before they close. Mm-hmm. More power to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've got no word on what's going into the Schoenfeld. Um, we know that mm. lots r- of supposedly options. Supposedly, the New York Post like rumored reported last week that the Lehman Trilogy is going to yeah. go into the Beaumont. Yeah,
1: Matt and I talked about that which i think you know is a good place for it but we'll see if that's where it's actually going seems like it will be
0: yeah that that's just wild who's that guest
1: <laughs> uh we don't know if yet my,
0: if my dude yeah. is at once upon a one more time oh yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. Trilogy?
1: <laughs> he's gonna do both he's just gonna run back and forth he'll do matinees
0: you know what ashley that's toxic and on that note, Ooh. we've got some other news. <laughs> the Schubert Foundation has you. now given a record $37.9 million in annual awards. We talk um, every year about the Schubert Foundation and their unrestricted grants to Amazing. 635 not for profit theaters, dance companies, academic theater training programs, and related services and agencies throughout the U.S. This is Needed. a record breaking amount of money. Um, It will benefit a broad spectrum of theater and dance organizations, regardless of size and scope for both urban and rural settings with increased access to organizations around the country by revising requirements for those with smaller budgets and some of the tiniest budgets you guys Mm. would ever see. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah. We've got um, also some Obie Award uh, news. They have now revealed their new judges and an eligibility window. Uh, Joining that judges panel, our costume designer, Didi Aite, Writer, Ty DeFoe. Intimacy coordinator, Anne C. James. Actor, writer, performance artist, Florencia Lozano. Playwright, Dale Orlander-Smith. And performance artist, Carmelita Tropicana, scenic great designer name. Wilson Chin, yes, and Amazing. playwright Haruna Lee will also continue on. Those shows that opened between September 1st of last year, 2022, and August 31st of this year will be eligible for the upcoming 67th annual Obie Awards. Um, that ceremony date has yet to be announced, but this is a great group of people and we're excited oh, yeah. to see yeah, love them. So the casting is now totally complete for the Munis uh, Little Shop of Horrors starring Robin Day, Zeus, Patty Merritt, and Mike, uh, Michael McGraw. Ryan Vasquez um, is Oren Scrivello and the dentist. Nick Ward um, is the voice of Audrey 2. Nick Ward is a godsend. He <laughs> is the voice of God, and I'm obsessed. Uh, they've also announced um, Kennedy Holmes as Crystal, Taylor May Daniel as Chiffon, Stephanie Gomez as, as Ron Nett, and Travis Patton as The Manipulation of Audrey 2. So that will run July puppeters. 25th. Yeah! July twenty fifth through the thirty first at the Muni, you can catch Little Shop uh, on that little limited run. Right, everybody's gone. So, a newly revised and reinvented showboat set at Target Margin Theater will run at the NYU Skirball Center at in twenty twenty five. This is really interesting. Um, so, it's directed oh, yeah. by Target Margin uh, Theater's founding artistic director David Herskovitz. Uh, the revival uses the original 1927 book and score by Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein the second. So the director says uh, the director says famously showboat is famously unresolved. It has been endlessly reworked, cut amended added to, rearranged its gorgeous songs, pulse through a chaotic story that is backstage romance, a fantasia of troubling racial tropes and a history of the dawn of the American century. Above all showboat is, is a call to all of us to reconsider who we are as a nation And as human beings, this is kind of like the first time that it's been in the public domain, 1994, how Prince revised it. But this is probably why we are getting these extremely needed updates. So there's no info on casting, creative team, and the performance schedule will be announced later. But this is so fascinating.
1: This is very cool. I am going to be very curious to see what this looks like. Um, as you mentioned, it just entered the public domain earlier this year, so it's no longer protected by copyright. It obviously has a lot of changes that need to happen, especially uh, racial stereotypes and uh, a lot more work generally um but showbo, obviously very important in american musical theater history the, really the first of its kind musical um has been on broadway six times since its original production including as you said the hell prince one in 1994 um and even that was heavily revised so the fact that it's now in the public domain it can get a lot of work um changed to it obviously still within the limitations of what the original looked like but it needs some amendments. So I'm excited to see what this is going to look like and what future productions could possibly look like of it.
0: There it is. Finally, we've got some recommendations for you. We've got a first look at Broadway's The Cottage starring Eric McCormick, uh, Lily Cooper, Laravel Bundy, um, Dana Steingold. I went to the um, final dress. I can't wait to see this in previews. Um, Yeah, See it next Sunday. I can't can't wait. wait. Then you can watch highlights from Moulin Rouge 6 and more at Broadway and Bryant Park. Um, really cool to see all these performances. I've seen them kind of over the weekend, but here's a full highlight video thanks to Broadway World. And then we've got CBS Sunday morning, two videos from Here Lies Love. One from CBS Sunday Morning, and the other they officially dropped on Sunday, July 16th, their Broadway trailer. So go check that out on YouTube as Wait well. And on that note, thank you all so much for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me on all social media platforms for the time being at It's Grace Aki. Ashley, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at Ashley.
0: Thank you all so much. Get ready for a very busy week. We will <laughs> see you soon.